0: Be in Acts chapter number 19 tonight. Acts chapter number 19. I do want to say church that we love you. We definitely miss having you here. It's not the same uh, not having you in this place uh, but I do want to say that we are so looking forward to you getting back in your place uh, when we're able to but thank you, thank you, thank you for supporting us and tuning in on uh live stream And just keep praying that God works this thing out and it continues to to work properly in the time that we're not able to be here and that you can still tune in and have no issues as far as that goes. But in Acts chapter number 19, where we're going to be tonight, Acts chapter number 19, uh, we are going to be continuing on in our lesson through the book of Acts. This uh, lesson that I'm going to be speaking on tonight, this message that I'm preaching tonight is going to be in a two-part message Uh, I will finish it next Wednesday, and uh, so hopefully you can uh, tune in with us and make sure that uh, you get both parts if we're not back in church on the 1st. I'm hoping we are, but if we're not, please tune back in on next Wednesday and hear uh, the rest of the message tonight. Last week we spoke out of Acts 18. uh, We had a missionary actually last Wednesday, so the Wednesday before... Uh, we had spoken out of uh, Acts 18, and we were going through the end where Apollos showed up, and Apollos was just preaching what he knew, and uh, you had Aquila and Priscilla that helped him along the way, and uh, we're helping him expounding on the scriptures uh, and different things like that, and so uh, we want to jump in now to Acts chapter number 19. I'm going to read one verse of scripture for you tonight, and then we will have a word of prayer and then we'll get right into the message and try to get through this as quickly as we possibly can. Acts chapter number 19 and verse number 8. The Bible says that he went into the synagogue and spake boldly for the space of three months, disputing and persuading the things concerning The kingdom of God. As I was reading through this passage of scripture, uh, I came to verse number 8. And the last phrase of verse number 8 is what really smote my heart as I came through it. And it said this, concerning the kingdom of God. And I'm going to preach to you tonight on that subject, concerning the kingdom of God. What are some things that we need to be concerned about uh, for the kingdom of God? And we're going to talk about that tonight. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Thank you for the day that you've given to us. Thank you for the opportunity we have to be in your house tonight. Lord, we want to ask you to be with these many prayer requests that we have on our prayer list. And also those that came in tonight, I think of Miss Pam and her surgery that's coming on Monday. I pray that you'll uh, open the door there for the uh, insurance to make sure that the insurance is going to take care of that. And uh, Lord, I pray that you'll just uh, guide the doctors through that surgery and that you'll give Miss Pam the relief. Lord, that she's needed for such a long time. I pray that you'll be with Brother Guy as he's there to help his wife and uh, all the things that uh, he's going to be doing there. I pray that you'll give him grace uh, through all of that time as well. Uh, Lord, we want to rejoice in the, uh, just the praise of the co-worker of Brother Andrews that uh, uh, had the seizure, Lord, that he's doing well, that they'll be able to control the diet there and hopefully change some things there in his life, that he'll be able to not have any more issues Uh, with that. Lord, we also think of the Boer family with the uh, cancer and the uh, grandfather that's in the hospital, that brother Jason there. I pray that you will uh, just uh, touch that family's life through this time as well. And uh, Lord, I think of Barry Estep tonight. Uh, Would you place your hand of healing upon him? Lord, I ask you please to help him to be able to Uh, eat soon and be able to get uh, over that through the kidney things that they just had to remove there and the surgery that he had to go through Uh, I pray that you'll heal him up quickly Lord if it's possible for him to get a a kidney transplant I pray that you'll help a donor to come soon and be able to do that Lord where he can have that quality of life Lord and we sure will uh, appreciate that and give you the praise and glory for it. Lord, I know there's many other requests, unspoken requests, many things on people's hearts. Lord, I pray that you have your will and way in all of that. Lord, bless the message tonight. May we give you honor and glory out of it. And we thank you and praise you for all your many blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, as we're getting into the message tonight of Acts chapter number 19, as we ended Acts chapter number 18, again, we talked about Apollos and how he begins to speak in the synagogues. And uh, Paul had gone on uh, out of the area here, and uh, a certain Jew named Apollos, it said, born at Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in the scriptures, came to Ephesus. And uh, he talked about how he was instructed in the way of the Lord. And he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. And Aquila and Priscilla took him and expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly. They taught him a little bit more than what he knew. All he did was new to preach what he knew. And that was the baptism of Jesus and uh, preaching salvation. And uh, that's what he understood. And uh, now in verse number 1 of uh, chapter number 19, it says, And it came to pass that while Apollos... Was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus, and finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have ye received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, Unto what then were ye baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with uh, the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should receive on him which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. And when uh, when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. And all the men were about twelve. It says, And he went to the synagogue and spake boldly for the space of three months, disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. Now, Paul is up to his uh, usual business. Paul shows up in town, and Paul begins to do what Paul does. He begins to speak about Christ. He talks to these uh, folks about, uh, have they been filled with the Holy Ghost? And uh, he knew that uh, they had heard the gospel. He said, have you been filled with the Holy Ghost? They were trusting in a baptism of John, they said. But he said, listen, you need to be baptized unto Christ. He's basically letting them know that it's not works again it's about a relationship in the Lord Jesus it's following after him and that he's the foundation on which we need to stand it said in verse four he said that is on Christ Jesus and then Paul lays his hands upon them and it says and the Holy Ghost came came on them and they spake with tongues and prophesied God was doing some miracles again in this place through the apostle Paul and we're going to see more things uh, like that later on in the scriptures but here in verse. Verse number 8, as I looked down through it and at the bottom of it, it said he was disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. Now, Paul shows up in the synagogue again, just like he usually does. A few weeks ago, we preached uh, as his manner was. And what Paul would do when he came into a city was Paul would go to the synagogue where the Jews were. He loved the Jews. That was his people. Paul loved the Jews. But what Paul would do was Paul would go into the synagogues, and as he was in the synagogues, he would dispute with them and and, and teach them and prophesy unto them the things concerning the kingdom of God. The reason that he did that is because he understood that the Jews were still hooked on the law. The Jews were still in their mind thinking that they had to add to grace. That they had to add works. That they had to have all of this stuff in order to be uh, find favor with God. And every time he'd go in the synagogue, he would say to them, Listen, it's not about you and it's not about me. He disputed with them. And went through all of these things concerning the kingdom of God, and I was looking through this and reading through this. In verse number nine, it said, "But when diverse were hard, when diverse were hardened and believed not, but spake evil on the way before the multitude, he departed from them and separated the disciples, disputing daily in the school of one." Now this is uh, what happened usually when Paul would go in to the Jews. He would begin to preach to them and try to teach them the things concerning Christ. And they would get upset because he was stirring up their little nest. He was stirring up what they thought was right. And he was showing them that it wasn't about the law. It was about grace. And they didn't like it. So Paul said, fine, I'm going to go somewhere else that wants to hear about it. And it says here he had been three months already disputing with them, going through some things with them. He'd been disputing with them over some stuff and prophesying unto them and persuading them concerning the, the, the kingdom of God. It said, but then there were some hardened hearts there. There were some people that were hardened, began to speak evil against him, saying, listen, we don't want to hear what you've got to say. And so he said, fine. He goes down, he departs from them and separated the disciples, disputing daily. In the school of one Tyrannus. In verse 10, it says, and this continued by the space of two years, so that all they which dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. If you remember several chapters before, we had talked about how Paul had wanted to go to Asia, but the Holy Spirit forbade him. And then if you remember after that, he said he wanted to go to Bithynia and the Holy Spirit told him no. So he goes down to Troas and he uh, goes across to Macedonia after he has that vision of somebody saying help him. And God told him no because he knew that it wasn't ready at that time. But we just read where he was during this time. Look what it says. And this continued by the space of two years so that all they which dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Jews and Greek so Paul's now in Asia where he wanted to go before and he's now here been here for two years and he's talking with them giving them the things concerning the Lord Jesus concerning the kingdom of God so if we're going to be the kind of church that does things concerning the kingdom of God we're going to firstly be a church where the word of the Lord is preached And that's what he said. You know, he would go there and he would preach about Jesus. He preached the word of the Lord. You don't need to uh, listen on Facebook or come to church or any of those things to hear a man preach. You need to come to hear from the word of God. Hopefully you're sitting there at home in your living room uh, paying attention to the things not, not that Pastor Caldwell has to say, but that the word of God through the Holy Spirit of God has to say. Our job as a church, as Faith Baptist Church, is to have the word of the Lord to be preached. It is our job to do that. I want to go to Matthew chapter number 19. If you have your Bibles, turn there with me. Matthew chapter number 19, verse 23 and 24. The Bible said, Then Jesus said unto his disciples, Verily, verily, I say unto you, that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. And again, I say unto you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Of the Lord. Now, we're talking about the kingdom of God. He's not saying rich people can't go to heaven. What he's saying in this passage of Scripture, as we're reading through this, he's saying that, listen, we need to make sure that we're understanding the only way for you and I to go to heaven. Here's the word of the Lord. This is what we're supposed to be preaching, is that the only way we can go to heaven is not by riches. It's not by fame. It's not by glory. It's only by the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said in John 14:6 he said I am the way The truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. He said, It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter into heaven. What he means is anybody who's trusting in anything other than the Lord Jesus is not going to spend one second in heaven. They're going to burn for eternity in a place called hell. You say, Preacher, that's not very popular. Listen, Paul preached for two years. It said, And people heard for two years that all the Jews, all the Greeks, they heard. And you know what Paul's manner was, Paul wasn't in there telling them what they wanted to hear, Paul wasn't there just tickling their ears trying to appease their conscience, Paul was telling them, listen, I was lost, but I'm found, I was blind, but now I see. On that road to Damascus, it wasn't the the donkey I was riding on, it wasn't uh, the the dust that was around, it wasn't just some windstorm that hit me or the sun that blinded me, it was a a, a face-to-face encounter with the Lord Jesus and trust in in the finished work of what Jesus Christ had done for me that I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. I could see Paul telling them that because he understood now that it wasn't about anybody else but about Jesus. And he always preached that. He preached the word of the Lord. Paul preached for two years. He preached for two years. And in this area, he had some companions that, were, uh, that would travel with him. Down in verse 22, uh, it says, and so he sent... Uh, into Macedonia two of them that ministered unto him Timotheus and Erastus but he himself stayed in Asia for a season he said listen I'm here in Asia but we got more work to do he said you guys need to keep on going and go back down to Macedonia and he sent them two down to minister but you know what what he was saying is listen in this work also we, we, we understand it's not just one person that's supposed to be doing the work there's a team of us here at Faith Baptist Church Every person that is a child of God, that's part of Faith Baptist Church, or part of the kingdom of God, we have a job to do concerning the kingdom of God, and that's the word of the Lord is to be preached. The word of the Lord is to be preached. We're not to sit here and just come to church and say, well, we want to make sure we don't offend anybody or we don't want to make sure that we don't make somebody mad about this or about that. We need to preach the whole counsel of God. He said, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all long suffering and doctrine." He had some people with him in the fight. I'm glad we've got some people here at uh, Faith Baptist Church that are excited about serving the Lord. I'm glad that we have some people here that are wanting and desiring to be part of what's happening uh, in the work of the Lord. Those people that are sitting uh, just in their living rooms tonight or, or finding some place that they can just tune into a live stream just to hear the word of God being preached or people that are desiring to but aren't able to and they're getting in their Bible on their own or whatever it may be listen I'm glad that we have some people that are walking alongside of us that are willing to do the work of the Lord and willing to do the work of the Lord but not only did he have other preachers helping him along the way other things there was other lay people that he had and he talks about those lay people. He had Epaphras and Philemon and Archippus. He had all of them. And he talks to them in Colossians 1 and verse 7 and Colossians 4 and verse 12 and Colossians four seventeen. And then in the book of Philemon, he mentions them. And listen, these weren't necessarily preachers, uh, people, that were, uh, people that were ordained to preach the gospel. But guess what? They were lay people that had the kingdom of God in their mind. And they wanted to make sure that the work of God was going forward. I want to show you some attributes of some of these lay people. In Colossians chapter number 1. Colossians chapter number 1. Let's turn there quickly. Colossians chapter number 1. And verse number 7. It says this, as ye also learned of Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is for you a faithful minister of Christ. He's a faithful minister of Christ. Now that word minister there in that passage of scripture means this, a servant. He's a faithful servant of Christ. He's a faithful servant of Christ. Let's go to Colossians chapter 4. Colossians chapter 4 and verse number 12. Colossians 4 and verse number 12, he says, Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluteth you. Look what he says, always laboring fervently for you in prayers, that ye may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. He says, here's Epaphras, who is one of you, he's a co-laborer, he's a fellow servant, he's a servant of Christ, he says, he saluteth you always laboring, he said always laboring fervently for you in prayer. You know what, not only do we need to preach the word of God, but we need to be praying to God, praying to God. Here was this layman, Epaphras, and guess what he said, he was a servant of Christ And always laboring fervently for you in prayer. You say, preacher, there's not much I can do for the kingdom of God anymore. Child of God, listen, you can pray. You can pray. Praying is something that we lack in our society today. We're in a a, a very serious time in our nation right now. And we need God's people to fervently labor, continually, fervently go to the Lord in prayer. We need to be praying for one another. We need to be praying for God to uh, have his hand to move upon our nation. We need to be praying that God opens doors for us to minister to other people, to reach out for the cause of Christ, to see people saved and lives changed. We need to be praying for those opportunities. He goes on to say, he said, For I bear him record that he has a great zeal for you and them that are in Laodicea and them in Hierapolis. You know what he's saying is, he said, Epaphras is one that has a big zeal for the Lord. He's praying, he's got a zeal, and that's what we need to be like. The word of the Lord was preached. They were praying, they were ministering to others, they were doing these things, and he said, we need to be praying about this. Verse 17, he talks about Archippus, he says, and say to Archippus, take heed to the ministry which thou hast received of the Lord, that thou fulfill it. You know what he's saying? He said, listen, take, take diligent heed to what God's given you to do and fulfill the job that God has for you. Listen, church, we need to fulfill the job God's had for us. He tells us to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We need to be a soul winner. We need to be reaching out for what God... This is concerning the kingdom of God. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. If we're not doing our best to win people to Jesus Christ, we are not doing what God tells us to do concerning the kingdom of God. The word of the Lord was preached. These were the type of servants that preached the word of the Lord, not their own philosophies. Listen, you understand that it's not our job to preach our opinions. It's not our job just to preach philosophies. Oh, there's a lot of philosophers out there there's a lot of people out there that like to exalt themselves and glorify themselves and see how much they know. It's not about what you and I know. It's about who we know. Not what we know, but who we know. Do we know God? Are we walking with Him? Do we know Him? They, they preach the word of the Lord, not their own philosophies. Several years ago, I read a statement that said, that the Pope said that you'll spend less time in purgatory if you follow him on Twitter. Isn't that amazing? The Pope said that if you'll, you'll spend less time in purgatory if you follow him on Twitter. This was several years ago. Listen, there is no such thing as purgatory. That's man's philosophies. The Bible doesn't say to be absent with the bodies to float around in purgatory. The word of the Lord says to be absent with the bodies, present with the Lord if you're saved. If you're lost, it says you'll open your eyes in torments forever. That's what the Bible says. So the choice is yours. You can go to heaven by putting faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, realizing that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's the word of God. It's not my job to preach my philosophies or my opinions. It's my job to preach thus saith the Lord. That's my job as a pastor. Your job as a child of God, as a layperson in Christ, is to do this. Preach the word of the Lord in your home, at work, To live the word of the Lord. Not man's philosophies. These servants uh, were completely committed. They were sold out to God evangelizing the world. That's what they did. They didn't just talk about reaching out to people. They actually put legs to it and reached out to people. Listen there's a lot of talk in Christianity today. There's a lot of people saying oh I'm going to do this or we need to do that or we need to go here. We need to go that. But they say Lord here are they send them. Rather than, Lord, here am I, send me fact of the matter is, it's not just one person's job, not just the pastor's job or the youth pastor's job or the deacon's job to evangelize the world. It is every born-again believer's job to evangelize the world. It's our job to see people saved. It's our job to see these baptismal waters stirred. It's our job to see people discipled and grow in the things of God. It's our job to watch them reproduce and see other people saved and lives changed. That's our job. That's the, the word of the Lord. That's the k- kingdom of God, what he wanting us to do concerning the kingdom of God they reached out they actually reached to people they didn't just say they were going to they did all that they could to make sure people knew the Lord Paul would do whatever it took to make sure people got the gospel concerning the kingdom of God firstly the the word of the Lord was preached the word of the Lord was preached. And when the word of the Lord's preached, let's look what happens. Go back to our text in Acts chapter number 19. Acts chapter number 19. In verse number 11, it says, And God wrought special miracles by the hand of Paul. You notice it didn't say Paul did a lot of miracles on his own power. It said God wrought, God wrought special miracles by the hand of Paul. There's no doubt about who the miracles were coming from. By the way, I don't have miraculous power and you don't either. But we have a miraculous God that can do miraculous things through people who are obedient to him. And I want you to see what takes place here. There were special miracles that were seen in this place. Special miracles were seen. Once preaching begins and you preach the word of the Lord, special miracles take place. What kind of miracles do we see? The salvation of lost souls. Salvation of lost souls happens. Dead people spiritually are made alive through Christ Jesus. What a miracle that is. If you're saved tonight, guess what? You experience that miraculous work of Jesus Christ. You experience that. But here's watch some special miracles that take place here. It says the special miracles by the hand of Paul. So that from his body... Were brought unto the sick, handkerchiefs or or aprons, and diseases departed from them, and the evil spirits went out of them. Hey, this is where they get the hey, if I'll give you a prayer handkerchief. That's where they must get those things from. How huh? you spend send 50 dollars to the church. I'll give you a prayer mirac- miraculous handkerchief. No, what it was was God was doing some miracles to show His power and His glory. Those prayer rags that people pray for and, uh, or send money for, uh, they don't have any more power than the pew that's sitting in front of me. The pew co- the power comes from the God of heaven. That's where the power comes from. It said that God did special miracles. By the hand of Paul. So that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons. And the diseases departed from them. And the evil spirits went out of them. Guess what? There is power, healing power in the word of God. There's healing power in the word of God. When people come where the presence of God is, God does miraculous things. God does miraculous things. Then look what it says. Then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them to call over them, which had evil spirits, the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, We adjure you by Jesus, whom Paul preacheth. Now hold on, we're going to get somewhere here real quickly. First off, the word of the Lord was preached concerning the kingdom of God. And when the word of the Lord is preached, special miracles are seen taking place. People begin to get healed. The sick are made whole. Evil spirits are leaving people. But these spectacular miracles that took place, they were done to reach people with the gospel. God allows those to do that. We see these miracles happen in Acts. In Acts chapter number 2, if you remember... and Acts one eight, where it says "Ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And then you see Pentecost take place and all that happened there. Why? God allowed miracles to take place to change people's lives. To change people's lives. And the word of the Lord was preached and God began to change people. And anytime time the word of the Lord is preached and God begins to change people, look what happens in verse number 13. Then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists. You know what these were? False prophets. False prophets. So here's what happens concerning the kingdom of God. When the word of the Lord is preached, miracles take place. And when these miracles take place and the word of, the God, uh, of God is preached, people begin to get knowledge and false preachers, false prophets are exposed. They're exposed. Look what happens. It says, They called unto them that which had evil spirits. And said, the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, we adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preacheth. Here these guys are trying to act spiritual. They're trying to use some of the same words that uh, Paul was preaching with. They were trying to say, oh, in the name of Jesus, we, 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 we adjure you. We try to talk to you. It says, and there were seven sons of one Siva, a Jew, and the chief of the priests, which did also. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are ye? You know what this evil spirit's saying? Listen, you can talk all you want to talk, but there's no power behind your talk. Why? Because you're a fake, you're a phony. The evil spirit knew it. They weren't intimidated by it at all. They said, listen, I know Jesus and I know Paul because Paul has Jesus with him. Paul has the power of God upon his life. You guys can talk all you want to talk, but you're not going to make a dent into what we're doing at all because you're just a false prophet. They were exposed. You understand the true movement of God is going to expose false preachers and false teachers. You want to know how to know if somebody's a false preacher or a false teacher or not? Get into the Word of God. Let the Word of God educate you and you'll be able to find out who a false preacher and a false teacher is. Listen, these guys were imposters. Here they show up and these false prophets are exposed. This evil spirit looks at them and embarrasses them in front of everybody. It says, Jesus I know and Paul I know but who are you? Let me ask you a question. Do the evil spirits know who you are? Do they have any worry when you show up? Oh, not because of who you are, but because of the one you're serving, the one that you're fighting for, the one whose power is resting upon you. If you were to call out that evil spirit and you were to say, hey, I adjure you by Jesus, would they say, hey, I know who that is that's talking? I know who that person is because they have the power of God upon their life. Or would they just say, who do you think you are? I don't even know you. I've never had to worry about you. Or are you one of them strong soldiers of Jesus? You know what he said? Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. But who are ye? That's a convicting statement right there. The false prophets were exposed. False prophets were exposed. I want you to continue to read verse 16. And the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them and overcame them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. And this was known to all the Jews and the Greeks also dwelling at Ephesus. And look what it says, and fear fell on them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. You understand that you're no match for Satan on your own? When you try to walk in your own strength and your own power, people say, oh, I can get over this sin all by myself. No, you're going to be just like those vagabond Jews. You're going to be just like those people that are trying to fight a battle that you don't have the strength to fight on your own. It said, and this evil spirit leaped on them and devoured them, wounded them, it says. This evil spirit prevailed against them, so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. They ran away. Uh, They were hurt. They were injured. Why? Because they had just lost the battle, because they were trying to fight in their own strength. listen, if you're going to do things concerning the kingdom of God, you need to understand the word of the Lord needs to be Preached. And when the word of the Lord is preached and it's got inside of your heart and you're following after it and you're letting it be a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path and you uh, follow the things of God, miracles are going to take place. And when those miracles take place, false preachers are going to be exposed because the word of God is exposing them because truth always exposes a lie. These false prophets were exposed. And look what happens whenever the power of God begins to rest upon people that aren't doing what they're supposed to do. It said, and fear fell on them all. And fear fell on them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. You know what happens? Fear strikes men's hearts. I'm not talking about... Well, that we ought to not be fearful of God, but we ought to be fearful of the lack of God. You say, what are you talking about? We ought not to be fearful that God's presence is there with us unless we're doing something we're not supposed to do. But the fact of the matter is this. It said when these evil spirits came on them, these people ran out, it said fear fell on them all. He said this, and the name of the Lord was magnified. Listen, any time that fear grips your heart, you know what you do? You magnify the Lord. You let the Lord be magnified. Let the Lord be magnified. Concerning the kingdom of God. First, the word of the Lord is preached. When the word of the Lord is preached, guess what? That's when people get saved. Miracles take place. Lives begin to get changed. The sick get healed. The evil spirits have to run out of there. Why? Because the presence of God makes the evil spirits tremble. False preachers are exposed when the word of the Lord is preached. There's a lot of people that try to tell you a lot of things that aren't right according to the Bible. There's a lot of people try to tell you that salvation's by many ways. There's only one way to heaven according to the Bible. Jesus said that in John 14, 6. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. There's many people that try to tell you that salvation is temporary. Well, salvation is not temporary. The Bible says salvation's eternal. It's eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The Bible says in John chapter 10, he said that his sheep hear his voice and know them and they follow him. And he gives unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. So listen, if you can spend one second in hell after you trusted Jesus as your Savior, the Bible likens that to perishing. That's the word he uses for it. John three sixteen for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So God said in John 10 that you're not going to perish because you've had eternal life. So listen if you could perish and spend time in hell then guess what that would make God a liar that would make the Bible not true therefore we just need to pack this thing up and go home if that's the case. But the fact of the matter is God cannot lie because then he would cease to be God. And everything you and I stand on is a farce. But the fact of the matter is salvation is eternal. It's forever. It's for anybody. Baptism is not uh, for salvation. It's after salvation. You don't find anybody who was saved in the Bible that got baptized for salvation. They were saved by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Baptism came after identifying as a picture of who it was that saved them, the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord. And it has to do with being baptismal, going under the water and back up. That doesn't mean sprinkling. It means immersed. That's what we're supposed to do. There's many things we could go through and the word of God is something that we need to stand upon. It's our foundation. It's our sole authority of all faith and practice. We need to stand on the word of God and not allow man's philosophies to enter into our pulpits and try to stand up here and make people feel good all the time. I do believe there's time for exhortation. I do believe there's time for edification. But I also believe that there's times to just uh, dig your heels in and rear back and just preach thus saith the Lord. And if people get offended by their sin the fact of the matter is they're not mad at me they're mad at the Holy Spirit of God that's convicting their heart and they just need to get right because we're going to preach concerning the kingdom of God the Bible says that the concerning the kingdom of God that the word of the Lord was preached miracles took place these false prophets were exposed and fear the fear of God struck men's hearts Listen, we ought to have a reverential fear of God. We ought not to be afraid of God where we don't want to fellowship with God, but we ought to have a reverential type fear of God. We ought to have that respect. I wonder, do we have enough fear of God that it will make us repent of our sin? Do we have enough fear of God that we just trust Him through these times and understand that, We are not strong enough in and of our own self to fight this battle. We need to rely wholly. It said that the Lord was magnified. Fear struck men's hearts. They saw what took place. These men ran off wounded because of this evil spirit, but the Lord was magnified. You understand there's a lot of people that fear is gripping their hearts today. We're going through this pandemic and people are scared, but you know what? They don't have to fear. They don't have to fear what man can do. They don't have to fear what diseases may bring. We don't have to fear those things. We have to trust Jesus. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's with us all the time. I'm going to ask us to bow our heads and close our eyes and...